Welcome. We're changing it up a little bit. Uh, here with Entrepreneur Magazine, sponsored by Toast. I'm now the host. And uh, who I'll be interviewing today is someone that you all know very near and dear. Who's not an acquaintance, but a close friend of mine, Sean Walshef himself, owner and operator of Cali Barbecue since what, 2008? 2008. Awesome. Here What's we go. Your name? I'm Will Leppert. I'm the regional VP here for Toast. And uh, we just wrapped up an awesome event, Spark. With the help of Sean and his team, we got to capture everything um, digitally that we're excited to get out. But on top of that, I also joked around with Sean for a while that I watched these interviews nonstop, and he's got a fascinating story. And the problem with him sitting in this seat is we don't get to hear from him from that one. So, uh, Sean, I'll kick this off. Obviously, we go back a ways now. We, yes. We've been we've been doing this together for three or so years. I got to ask because I've always been joking about you. You're so technological forward on everything. Everything's technolo technology here. How can we create a digital hospitality? What took you so long to make a change off of your legacy system that you've had for, you know, eight plus years? I mean, was it COVID was like the jump start? Because when we met, you were already talking about it. Like what was, uh, what was the part that got you scared to jump in the water? You know, technology is very funny. As somebody that hosts multiple shows about technology, restaurant technology, digital hospitality, as much as I believe in the internet, there's been so many times in my career where I was stubborn, I was scared, I didn't know what I didn't know until somebody showed me a better way. And I think back in 2008 when we opened up the restaurant, I remember in 2007, even before we opened, I was meeting with Corey, my business partner, at the time, and then Lou Bush, who was a former Charger. So Lou Bush was also opening up a barbecue restaurant. And I remember him saying, Sean, I can't tell you how excited I am. There's a new iPhone coming out. And I'm like, what are you talking about, Lou? He's like, Apple's dropping a new iPhone. I'm gonna go line up. I'm like, you're gonna go line up? He's like, yeah, I'm gonna go wait hours in line for this iPhone. Yeah. I'm like, come on, dude, that's crazy. I have a perfectly good Android phone. Yeah. It took me probably three years before I got my first iPhone. For us to switch from Aloha to Toast took 12 years. We've been with Toast since 2020. You and I met. When you and I met, it's funny, Howard Solomon sent us the original text that started this whole thing. Yeah, we got it today. Three years ago, I was, I was, I was beat up and, and bullied by him and his restaurant consultant. And here we are now. Bullied. Right? <laughs> the bully bullies the bullier. I know. See, now that I'm hosting, I get to control the narrative. That's true. That's yeah. true. But nonetheless, I, I think to answer your question was fear. Like yeah. we were comfortable in a system that we had. Eric, my GM and business partner, was very comfortable on Aloha. Yep. Until the pandemic hit and we realized we already believe in the internet, yet we can't update online ordering. Online ordering is going to fuel the growth to keep our restaurant open. If we don't switch to toast, we're going to have significant problems getting food out, getting more barbecue to more people. We switched and ever since we switched, making toast our primary technology partner, everything has become easier. Toast is our primary technology partner because toast integrates with so many other best in class technology solutions. So I got to ask because it seems like from that point, fear has been off the table for you, especially on the tech front. <laughs> and, it, and it fascinates me truly as, as, a, as a partner, as a friend and everything in between because you know, you're fully all in 
but it, it shocked me. I've always wanted to ask you. I haven't asked you this off camera, the question that I asked you, but it doesn't make sense to me in a lot of ways because of, it seems like throughout your career, it's like fear has been the motivator. It's like you opened up in 2008, you're selling barbecue in Southern California. I can't say without laughing. Yes. Um, you're, you know, location, location, location. You're next to, you know, some automobile shops. And uh, I, like, so I guess moving forward, like you make the toast jump. Was that like the catapulting effect where you're like, okay, this worked. I'm all in on everything. Or was it all part of the plan to be like, I need to make a substantial change. And like you say, not pivot, but jump all in. Well, what's interesting is like, I now create a lot of content around restaurant tech stacks. Yeah. Like I was asked to go speak at the National Restaurant Association last year at the big trade show about our tech stack. And yeah. what did I do to figure out our tech stack and to get ready for the presentation? I took out a pen and paper and wrote down what is it? Like, what do we use? What do we use for marketing? What do we use for loyalty? What do we use as our point of sale provider? What do we use for scheduling? What do we use for back of the house? And all of those things are all cobbled together until we had toast. Once we had toast, now I realize that our ecosystem, our digital ecosystem can have this heartbeat. Yeah. And once it has a heartbeat, now I can go find a solution that toast might not have. Do they integrate with toast is the first question I ask. If they integrate with Toast, now I want to learn more. Learn more, teach me more, tell me why my fear of finances is the way that it is. Yeah. How can you help me with this? How can you help me with this? And once I do that, now we have an incredible position where you know, events like this, Spark LA, where I get to come and talk to other restaurant owners who have way more restaurants than we do, this is where I learn. This is where we move our business forward, but it's hard to do. It's hard to get out of the four walls of your restaurant and to invest in the things that are actually going to allow you to grow. I think we learned a lot about that today, right? A lot of those owners were like hesitant to make changes. And we were lucky that we had a healthy uh, base of clients and prospects. I guess like if you could look back like post-mortem, and it would be tough to say post-mortem because of all your success, but I think it's easy for someone to watch your podcast or see the people that you're interviewing with. Was there ever a point where you're like, this, I'm, I'm failing at this and I'm not going to make this? Yeah. And like, how close were you to like being at some point like, this game's not for me? If I do not quit, I cannot lose. Yeah. If I do not quit, I cannot lose. Yeah. Ever since 2008, the number one goal is to stay in business. Yeah. We opened as a breakfast restaurant. We added a sports bar. We added a dinner service. We got into barbecue. We got laughed at for doing barbecue. We got into events. We threw terrible events. We got into barbecue, made terrible brisket. But the longer that we focused on the craft, the first podcast we made, the first videos we made yeah. were terrible. The first photos we took were terrible. I still take bad videos. I still take bad photos. I still have bad podcasts. But this, is, we're, this might be one of them. This, but, might, be, this might be the worst one yet. This is not it, the but. worst one yet. It takes the courage of making a bunch of bad stuff and knowing that I'm okay, my audience trusts me, my customers trust me, my family trusts me, to know that I might fall. You know, I have a five-year-old son, his name's Colleen, I have a three-year-old daughter, and I teach them what Batman says, which is why do we fall? Yeah, let's get back up. So we can learn how to get back up. That's right, Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. Why do we fall? But as restaurant owners, we're scared. As humans, we're scared to fail. When you've been successful, it's that much harder to pivot. When you've had success yeah. running your restaurant on a light on a legacy system like Aloha, 
switching to toast is a big commitment. Yeah. We've been with Union Bank forever. This isn't a plug for Union Bank. This is a challenge to Union Bank. It's like, get your shit together. Because there's other digital hospitality banks that are out there offering better solution to business owners. Yeah. It's crazy to me how bad banks are. Yet it's been so long that I've been with one bank. Yeah. I need to upgrade my banking, but I haven't made it a priority. Yeah. In a year from now, I'm going to find a digital bank that cares about small business owners, that cares about cash flow, that's going to go, hey, Sean, why didn't you switch to that? And I'm going to go like, I have no idea. I have no idea why I was with yeah. Union Bank for as long as I was. Because Union Bank hasn't done anything for me. I spoke up to Toast and you guys called. I called you out. I was like, Will, prove it to me. Yeah. You're like, this is the best in class. Yeah. And I'm like, you better prove it to me because I'm going to document it. I'm going to tell all the restaurant owners out there, the goods, the bad, the ugly. And yet here I am going to Toast Customer Advisory Board meetings where literally Steve Ferdet, the founder, he sits in every cab meeting yeah. taking yeah. notes, vigorous notes. This founder does not have to be there. Yet he, he's there because he knows why it's important that all these restaurant owners have feedback loop. And now a quick break from restaurant influencers to share an exciting new offer from our sponsor, Atmosphere TV. Go to atmosphere.tv forward slash BBQ to not only get Atmosphere TV for free, but also our audience is given the gift of $200 in ad credits, as well as free activation. Join more than 40,000 other venues who use Atmosphere TV by signing up with the code BBQ at atmosphere.tv forward slash BBQ. Keep guests entertained with Atmosphere TV because you have the ability to turn your promotions and your advertisements onto your television with this platform. The simple plug and play device lets you take control of the content on your screens. Keep guests entertained, engaged, and informed of real-time specials, career opportunities, and announcements that you can personalize within your own custom content dashboard. Tap into great channels such as America's Funniest Home Videos, Fashion, Throttle, Chive TV, Sports Highlights, Red Bull, Real Madrid, along with unbiased news and entertainment. There is something for everyone. Over 60 curated channels of short form, entertaining content to choose from right at your fingertips. They also have an incredible ad supported network that allows you to not only market within your four walls, but also locally or nationally if you desire. The platform gives you full control to dial in your marketing efforts. Please go and visit atmosphere.tv slash BBQ and let them know restaurant influencers sent you. I got to pull back because I know that part of me interviewing you in this and why I wanted to do this is I think you do so many things incredible. And there's one thing I can take away from this event is that restaurant owners really don't talk to each other. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's crazy to me. It really is. You know, like we sit here and we say like, hey, the average restaurant has to have seven streams of revenue yeah. to be successful in 2023. That's something we predict, right? I think it's nuts to me because um, I had a buddy, a childhood friend that was here. And he's like, that session blew my mind. Yeah. I'm not necessarily in restaurants, but I never thought of it that way, that a restaurant has to do this. I told him, it's like, if you were to go and rent a seven bedroom house, and you knew that either the rent or the mortgage was gonna take 100% of your earnings, the first thing you're gonna do is go figure out how to rent the other six rooms out. Correct. To recoup. 
and but there's books on that. Yeah. There, there, I could call a million people and say, hey, I want to get in the real estate yep. game. I want to start here. I want to get to multi-unit. Why is it that in the restaurant world, as owners, you feel like there's not enough collaboration and like a, an area where you all can be vulnerable and like learn from those times where you're like, I might fail at this, or you know, I'm on the borderline of really yeah. closing the doors. Like, why is there not those stories being shared? And only you kind of hear like, you don't hear about it until you're successful at 50, 60, 70 locations. To be honest with you, I think what's exciting for me is a rising tide lifts all ships. It's something we talk about on all these shows. It's that digital first restaurants, technology restaurants that care about not just in real life hospitality, but digital hospitality. We're starting to have those conversations. Yeah. Spark this event, events like this, other industry leaders that are putting on events, putting restaurant owners in the same place saying, hey, we have a partner ecosystem. Even though Toast is developing all these incredible products, we also have other solutions. We know that we're not the best. Yeah. at everything. We want to be the best as as many things as possible, but if we get restaurant owners in the room, and if I have the courage to be vulnerable up on stage and to say things that I did that failed, all of a sudden, five different restaurant owners come up to me and go, hey, thank you for sharing that story. Yeah. Yet we're all sitting next to each other waiting for somebody to go. I mean, there was a guy that spoke at your session that goes, I feel like I'm running a nonprofit. And everyone started laughing, yeah. like out of fear, but also out of empathy. Yeah. Out of empathy for knowing how fucking hard it is to run our businesses to make money. But if you have the conversation, if you're willing to stay curious, to get involved, and to ask for help, then we're in a different place. And you can have conversations that actually move your business forward. One thing that you just hit on that I think you do a really good job at, but I know that you're always kind of on the Kobe Bryant Mamba mentality of like never, you know, jobs not finished uh, vein. For you, what is it that you're either one kind of went into Spark being curious about or now leaving here being a little bit more curious for your own business? I know that as much as I believe in digital storytelling, yep. in real life storytelling matters. Yeah. So two years ago, we started doing weekly rooms on Clubhouse, the social audio app Clubhouse, every Wednesday, every Friday at 10 a.m., 10 a.m. Pacific time. So if you're listening to this, please join us. Tell us about your restaurant. Tell us about what you're working on. We have sales professionals, marketing professionals, hospitality professionals, content creators from all over the globe that literally come and talk about their stories. I met probably seven of them here today. Yeah. I wish I was joking about that in real life. These yeah. are people that we've only heard, our, not even Zoom calls, you don't see video, this is just audio. But we're speaking truth to each other in a safe space, in a free space, and then when we come and meet in real life, now we have a deep connection. That's what in real life stuff does, and the more that Toast leans in to getting restaurant owners into the same room to have the same conversation, I think there's gonna be, like I, I, I said it on stage today, they had a picture of a Mons basement where Toast started 10 yeah. years ago. And like, we're here at the London Hotel. There was over 200 hospitality professionals, restaurant owners here, cutting edge restaurant owners. And we're gonna look back five years from now, yeah. three years from now, when Toast has thousands of people coming to these Spark events. We're gonna go, do you remember that? We, we would, the London can't fit us. I love the London, this place is amazing. But unfortunately, as Toast grows, Fortunately, we're going to have better conversations. Absolutely. And it's, 
it was awesome. I had a lot of people coming up to me saying I'm Sean's friend. Took a lot of pictures today. I, I, I dusted out my selfie arm. It was good, uh, and, I, and I and I needed it. But it was a testament to the reach, really, which I thought was interesting because for anyone that's like look, watching this interview, you're probably thinking I'm the one that's pitching TikTok and clubhouse yes. and, and all of this to him it's almost like a robin big uh <laughs> sequel here where it's just like totally opposite yes. but i i got to see that reach a lot today one thing that i will say because for those of you who are at home you get to watch sean day in and day out i think the interesting thing is i i'm i'm blessed and i'm fortunate that i get to serve a industry that i'm passionate about and i can only hope that my team feels that way that you know my immediate team, the team under the team around me, right? Other departments. I would. I, I always wonder about that when I go home. I, I like when I clock out from work, which is like really in my head almost never. And I joke, but it's because I love what I do, yeah. and I hope that it transcends. I'm envious of what you've been able to do at Cali Barbecue because it's your team around you has endured so many changes. You've gone to full service to quick service. I mean, there's anytime you go there. He's changed something entirely new. It's normally for the better, but it could be new smokers. It could be the whole nine. I mean, you put your team through what most restaurateurs would say is extreme friction. You probably do it yeah. like once a month. Probably. But it's a culture that you've created there. I mean, he had three, four, five people join him from San Diego driving up here just to be at this event to support him speak. And as much as I love to think that it's because of toast, it's, it's a lot because of that. How do you create that culture in a restaurant? I mean, how do you have such loyal employees? And don't cut yourself short on this and give me the cop-out answer. I, 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 won't, I won't take it. Like, how do you do that as an owner and as a leader? Because a lot of people can be owners, but not a lot can be leaders. It has to do with the courage to look stupid and sound stupid. If you start from the top and are willing to be vulnerable as a leader and know that I don't have all the answers, there's a reason why Eric's on my team. There's a reason why Howard's on my team. There's a reason why Gene, why Lisa, why Ian, why Steven Swiderski, why Aaron is here, why Tony is here, why Kyle flew out from New York. It's like, I can't do it. I don't want to do it alone. Yeah. I want to encourage other people to tell their stories. I put a phone in your face because you know, just like you know me for long enough to know that sales and marketing, the problem with sales and marketing is that they're not working together. Yeah. Sales thinks marketing has a job and marketing thinks sales has a job when everyone has the same job. We have the same job. Yeah. This isn't a siloed thing. Social media isn't someone else's job. Yeah. It's my job to have a conversation that hopefully permeates through the rest of my team so that they feel empowered that when I say, hey, we've got a camera appearance for Fox 5 in San Diego or we got to go to KUSI or we got to do this magazine or there's a podcast coming to the restaurant. They know what the drill is. They know there's a TikTok influencer, a YouTube influencer. They know that it's just as important to take care of the guests that's there in real life as to put on a show for the people that might see us on the internet. And I gotta ask this because I think this is so great because it's Entrepreneur Magazine, it's not just restaurant owners. So I gotta ask you, like, how do you hire? Like, what is it that you're looking for when you're hiring? It seems like it's all, so at Toast we always say it's one team. Yeah. Like, we believe it at our core. Like, you know, we're only as good as our customers, and it's one team mentality. I don't think you have, like, a crazy slogan or a mission statement, and maybe you do, but, like, when you're hiring someone, how do you know that, like, they're going to come on the team and they're ready to be a team player? Because you have nothing but a team mentality when I walk in from the time that I'm set down at Cali Barbecue or the time I just take it out. <laughs> it's, it's nonstop. Everyone's willing to help. Like, how do you interview? 
curious, hospitable, and humble. Stay curious, get involved, ask for help. Okay. If you don't have hospitality in your DNA, you're just not gonna be able to work for us. Like, it has nothing to do with experience. We can teach anyone on earth, anyone that's watching the show, how to make incredible brisket. It's gonna take a long time. You're gonna have to be willing to do a lot of different things. But if your life goal is to make a perfect brisket on our Old Hickory Smokers, there is a job for you and you can learn how to do it. But what we care about is do you have that Mamba mentality? Are you willing to get 1% better every day? Are you willing to tell us when you make a mistake? Because so much of hospitality is having the empathy to know, hey, I'm not perfect. I mess up all the time. Yeah. Why do we fall, Batman? Yeah. So we can learn how to get back up. I love that. And so for you, and I, I applaud it, I feel like the last word I, like, I think of when I think of you is like humble. Um, and, I, and I use humble not just in a sense of someone that has a lot going on that wants to downplay it, but I think that a lot of times when me and you talk, you're doing incredible things, and you're like kind of, uh, to you they don't seem incredible. And it's funny because I think we're, as, as leaders, as, as coaches, and everything in between, I always find myself struggling to coach to the things that I'm really good at. Yeah. Which is ironic, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm better at probably telling you how to swing a golf club than the things that I'm really good at. Why? Because my golf game is probably like 160. But I have to think about the process so much. For you, how do you test for humility throughout an interview process? Or how, what does humility mean to be on your team? I mean, the obvious would be ask for help when they're struggling, but in the interview process, like, what is it that you're looking for that separates someone? So much of hospitality is the invisible hospitality. Yeah. So when we I actually heard this on a podcast that I'm going to steal, but we do open interviews. So every single week at 3 p.m., you can come on Thursday and come for an open interview. Nice. But what I heard somebody say on a podcast that I was listening to was like, they give a specific time. Oh, it was Jeff Fenster. So Jeff Fenster, who owns Everbowl, incredible entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur. He's like, I tell them to come at a very specific time. So I'll tell them to come at 327 and I'll shift the time. And I'll tell them to come to the interview with one weird item. Now you're testing for, are you willing to come at a weird time, 327, and are you willing to bring a red paper clip? Now this isn't something that we do now, but this is something that because I'm curious, because yeah. I'm always learning, I pick up from another business owner who's either in real life or online telling their story, and I go, that's a really good idea. Now we're gonna implement that idea. How do you test for humility? When they come to that open interview, yeah. Do they look around the room and welcome other people in the room? How do they how do they sit at their chair? Do they open their chair? Do they ask for a pen? Are they polite to my hostess? Is my hostess polite with them? Do they listen when somebody else is speaking? Those are things that you can't coach. That's just who they are. Yeah, that's great. And it's funny because I do my homework on every uh every guest that I have on this podcast and I make sure that I, I dive in deep because <laughs> um, I wouldn't come unprepared at all or improv, do an no interview. No chance. Yeah, or just do an improv interview. No chance. After a sparking event, I'd never do that. But what you were describing a lot and, and for those of you at home that aren't familiar is Sean's grandfather has a book that's like, has a lot of humility throughout it. It, it just seems it, it like, it, it exuberates the humility. And so one thing I've been wanting to ask you is outside of like, you know, the obvious things, you seem to draw a lot from your grandfather and, and his lessons and his life lessons and the fact that he was able to put it and you guys were able to put it in literature is awesome. 
where you are today, if you can look back, what do you think you learned the most from? If you can pick one thing from him, what is it that you would that you've learned the most that's been tried and true throughout the years of marriage, kids, opening restaurants, expanding restaurants, business, pandemics, all of that. Like what's been the one thing that you learned that you want the audience to know that he shared with you? He seems like an incredible guy and I hate that I couldn't meet him. So growing up, not knowing my father, getting raised by my Bulgarian grandfather, there were times when we were working on his book when I was young. I was 21 years old and we were traveling through Europe helping document his story. And I remember traveling with him and every city that he took me to, whether it was Paris or Germany or just these incredible places, he always wanted to take the pamphlets of what was the castle, what was the Eiffel Tower, what was the history behind it. And whenever we were on tour, he always wanted to be the front of the bus. And he always asked the question to the point where I'm like, Grandpa, like, you know, stop asking so many questions. Like, these other people, like, they want to get on with yeah. the tour. He wasn't asking those questions for himself. He was asking them for me. And what that taught me is that so many times in my life, when I was in class, he told me to sit in front of the class, but I didn't. I sat in the back of the class. And who were the kids that always got, in, got an advanced? They were the ones that raised their hands, yep. they were the ones that sat in the front, and they were the ones that stayed after. Who were the kids that were the best athletes? They were the ones that showed up early, yeah. they were the ones that stayed after practice, they were the ones that always went above and beyond when the coach asked them to do something. It's like, stay curious, get involved, and then ask for help. If you have the courage to raise your hand when you hear a keynote speaker with 400 people, yeah. You don't want to ask that question because you don't want the other 399 people to judge you for being so stupid. The chances are they all have the same question. You're not asking that question for you, you're asking it for them. Yeah. It, it's incredible hearing you talk and I, it, because I know so much about you at this point. I feel like uh, throughout and then get to see you operate as an owner and then as an incredible father, family member and friend to a lot of people. Um, I'm curious to get your take on this, especially being huge in this social media thing. We kind of are in this era that you were just hitting on. It's just like being curious, kind of being the first one to show up, last one to leave. And we feel like we're kind of met at a crossroads, almost from a society standpoint, where we're almost shifting a little bit away from that. But we also need to start focusing on like the mental health components of it. And I think that it's funny, I have a little brother who's at that impressionable age, right? Your early 20s, it's kind of like your defining decade is like what I would probably say is like, you know, your, your 20s in a lot of ways. And it's a lot of messaging around like, you know, you don't have to figure this out or you don't have to do yeah. this. Like, life's long, don't hustle, don't grind now. You feel like, I feel like you're at very much a real harmony of like focusing and prioritizing on your mental health, but you're a grinder. Yeah. Talk to me about that. Like, where is it that you found that balance and how do you find that harmony? Because I mean, you are, for those who don't know, he's up at 4 a.m. I know, I get the text. And, um, and you're grinding. I mean, you're on the Peloton, and then it's right to meetings, it's back to back. You're also a huge advocate to mental health. A huge advocate. And knowing you, like, where did you struggle the most, and where did you find that harmony? So, it's a great question, because so much of my life is wanting to be the rabbit in the race. Yeah. Always wanting to be the first one there, always wanting to win, always wanting to get, you know, have a successful business, build an incredible empire, do all these incredible things and do it right away, like a unicorn. But so much of what I've learned is that 
that low and slow, how we build our barbecue, how we build our media, how I build my family, it's appreciating one day at a time. And it's like, I heard a quote the other day and I've repeated it pretty much every day since I've heard it and it's stop praying for as fast as possible and start praying for as long as it takes. I like that. I'm stealing that from you. Stop praying for as fast as possible and start praying for as long as it takes. It's hard to do. Yeah. It's really hard to do. There's so many things we want to accomplish with barbecue, with our media company, with helping other restaurant owners, with helping other retailers, with other business owners, with other humans that want to tell their story online, preserve their story, preserve their legacy. But I know that if I just keep doing what I'm doing every day and if I appreciate it and I take time to smell the roses, like literally that's, it sounds corny, but I went to the flower fields yesterday with my family. My wife was so happy to be in the flower fields. And like, I took time to slow myself down. Because usually I want to get through fast. And I'm like, take your time and figure out where are the pain points where my wife wants to take a picture, my kids don't, my kids want to take a picture, my wife doesn't. Like, we're a content family. Like, we want to make content. My kid, my son wants to make videos. My daughter wants to make videos. It's like, how can we enjoy this experience and know that like, our, her mom visiting from Bulgaria is here with us for this event. Like, just enjoy it. Because it's yeah. going to be gone. Yeah. We're going to document it, but it's still going to be gone. Yeah. What's your most recent moment where you found yourself smelling the flowers uh, on, the, on the work side of things? Probably going to interview Rob Beardeck, honestly, with you. Yeah. I mean, I... In full disclosure, I knew who Rob Deerdeck was. I had no idea how many people he's impacted. Yeah. And from the content that we posted, whether it was on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on TikTok, on Instagram, in real life, the breadth of people, different ages, different backgrounds of people that are like, I love Rob Deerdeck. And I'm like, you're 18, or you're 45, or you're 70. Yeah. How do you all love Rob Deerdeck? And like for me to be there and to be able to go there with you and to have Toast sponsor this show. I mean, I, I, Kyle and Sarah literally sitting over there. He flew in from New York to be here at this event at Spark. Yeah. Cool. The first time that I met Kyle in real life, because he's a content creator that does an incredible job. Kyle and Sarah on TikTok. He makes incredible videos. We're a co-host of a show called Restaurant Idea Factory with Jensen Cummings. But I met him in New York undercover because I was going out to the Toast IPO. Toast was going public and I was invited. Yeah. I, me and Eric got to go as one of the 20 customers to the Toast IPO, but I couldn't tell anybody. And I'm a loudmouth. <laughs> They're like, Sean, you can't tell anyone. I'm like, what are you talking about? And yet we went out to the IPO and then I recorded interviews for restaurant influencers. And now we're here at Spark LA in West Hollywood at the London. And it's like, stop praying for as fast as possible. Start praying for as long as it takes. It's so cool. Um, you know, it is interesting, right? Out of every celebrity, Rob Deerdeck really trans- transcends like multiple generations. Unbelievable. It's, um, you know, there's like few celebrities or musicians that have that ability. Yeah. I mean, you really think that through like, how many people have that type of reach and yeah. he's in a select few. I think the thing that I learned through that is like, one, I have to echo it. It was definitely that moment where I was up in LA and I'm in the Uber 
on the way there and I kind of had my head, you know, looking out. And it's like, it's rare that I'm not on the phone. If I'm in like Uber, I'm like on the phone. There's something about that day heading over there. I didn't want to take a call. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big Grateful Dead fan. I remember I threw on my Grateful Dead. I was listening and I was just like, holy cow, we're about to go do this. Yeah. And you don't know what to expect. And I thought the cool thing about that interview was how genuine, yeah. how nice, but how authentic he was when the cameras weren't rolling. Yes. Like, it wasn't like a, oh, camera's rolling. Let me tell you how I'm an entrepreneur. Let me tell you how I'm monitoring this, yeah. how I'm time boxing this. I mean, we were walking and talking with yeah. him. He was pacing around. But so kind, like embracing with warm handshakes, hugs. Yeah. It was a really awesome experience for you because I'm curious, who's the next dream guest on this podcast? Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah? Big Shaq. Big chicken. Yeah. Big chicken. We're going after big chicken. Wait, Stanley, you want the diesel? I want the diesel. I want to have the diesel. We have uh, Josh, who's the CEO. He's coming on the podcast next week, yeah. um, which I'm really excited about. I probably will air before that time. Um, but yeah, I mean, Shaquille O'Neal growing up as a Lakers fan, yeah. uh, and then now what he's doing as an entrepreneur, uh, that's why we created the show. I love it. To get Shaq, right? To get Shaq. The whole end game. The whole idea. Like, so once How do we done, mastermind we just... this whole thing just to get Shaq? Yeah, we just, we close shop and we But once on. we get Shaq, then we get Kevin Hart, you know, yeah. then we get Martha Stewart, then we get, you know, what? Jose Andres would be another incredible, he's an absolutely phenomenal entrepreneur. He actually spoke at Spark. The first virtual spark, Jose Andres, uh, nice. Chef Jose Andres talk. We probably got his contact somewhere. I'm sure we, we do. We'll shake the tree yeah. and grab that one. Let me ask you this: um, Growing up, who were your three idols, and have they changed now that you're, you know, where you are? Uh, my idols were my were my grandfather. Yep. But a uh, huge Jerry Jones guy. Um, nice. Love the fact that I just love people that they, whenever they tell you no, they show you watch me. Yeah. So whether it's Ray Kroc, whether it's Howard Schultz, whether it's Jerry Jones, whether it's Dana White, these are all people that so many times they were told no. And what do they do? They get back up. Yeah. It's like, how many times can you get back up? I cannot lose if I do not quit. I love it. I stole this from someone who does this a lot more than I do, but um, where What's your favorite arena that you've ever been to or favorite venue that you've ever been to? My favorite venue would yeah. be uh, Wimbledon Center Court. Wimbledon Center Court. You're a tennis guy? I'm a huge tennis guy. I've completed a Grand Slam as a fan. No way. Wimbledon, French Open, Aussie Open, US Open. Ah, that, uh, they didn't debrief me on that before we did this interview or I would have definitely brought it up. So you're at Wimbledon. It's a packed, sta it's a packed stadium. Yes. Your center court. Why should the crowd want to get subscribed to Entrepreneur Magazine, all of your podcasts, all your content from top to bottom? What would make them want to do that? A rising tide lifts all leaderships. Your story matters. You created a business. You created a restaurant. You convinced so many people who told you you couldn't do it. You built that business. You opened that business. Once you opened, you realize the marathon hasn't even started. And you've been grinding day in, day out. All the different things that we have to do as restaurant owners. Your story matters. And the coolest thing about the internet, the coolest thing about Toast is that they've given us the opportunity to connect with people all over the globe. Right now, Toast is in the United States, is in Canada, is in Dublin, is in UK, but they will be all over the world. And even if they're not in your market yet, your restaurant matters. 
And if you come online, if you subscribe to the show, our job, my job, every single week is to find the best of the best. What we say, the people playing the game within the game, that whatever lessons they've learned along the way are a shortcut for you and your restaurant. I'll tell you, Sean, um, I don't believe in luck. I'm like <laughs> big on it. I really don't. I think that people work hard and are very genuine. They're authentic and they find themselves in positions to capitalize. And I always think of you. You you walk into a room, your passion's infectious, the generosity that you give, both in time, effort, and energy to, to people that don't even know you, really. I mean, on social media, the these text messages I get late at night, hey, can you help this person? Hey, I'm looking at this. It's a genuine genuine theme throughout what you do. And you know, your grandfather acted curious. I think that you are so curious to help others. And I feel like that's like a passion that drives you. And it's awesome to see what you don't get to see behind the scenes is everything that Sean does for friends, for family. He's a heck of a father. I think if there's one thing that he could really do content creation with, it'd be with his family full time, the wolf pack. But I have to end it with saying, I thank you as someone that cares about the industry and the people that are around here. There's no better person to be leading something like this because of the deep, genuine care, curiosity of wanting to spread the word and everything that you do. And with that, I would say I've been very, very lucky to uh, call you a partner and a friend. I appreciate you. Thank you, sir. It was fun. Hey, we're just getting started. We're just getting started. It's a great ride. If, if you guys... Uh... If you're not on Toast and you have questions about Toast, send me a message so that I can send Will a message. I'm at Sean P. Walchef, S-H-A-W-N-P-W-A-L-C-H-E-F. Message me and then I'll message Will because that's how it works. Batman's got the bat phone. <laughs> and a special thank you to our title sponsor, Toast. Toast is the primary technology partner that we use at our restaurant, Cali Barbecue. It is also the primary technology partner that so many of the guests have shared with us on this show people like sam the cooking guy stacy poon kinney jeff alexander so many times the guests tell us that they're using toast when we didn't even know that going into the interview that is why we are so grateful that they sponsor this show we want you to win you that listen to this show we want you to improve your digital hospitality toast is built for restaurants and it's built for you Toast is the restaurant-first platform that's built for your needs, whatever your size, concept, or ambitions. Improve your bottom line with a customizable platform that's easy to learn, use, and grow with. And it meets you where you are with all the right tools for your price point. If you have any questions about Toast, please DM me at Sean P. Walchef, S-H-A-W-N-P-W-A-L-C-H-E-F. I will get you the link to the right toast contact in your market. It's so important that if you listen to this show, that you win. We want you to be on this show eventually. Let us know that you heard the show, you heard about toast, you implemented toast, you did a toast unboxing in your restaurant. Talk to us about how you've impacted your village, your city, your community. Share your toast story with us. DM me today to learn more and be sure to check out toast.